The other day, someone told me that me and Chris D'Elia are the exact same person. For those who don't know, Chris D'Elia is that comedian. He's very funny, too. I, I really love Chris D'Elia. I respect him. So I'm very flattered by that compliment, but I got to say that the biggest difference between me and Chris D'Elia is the fact that he's famous and rich and wants to live. Real talk, though. Hey, go ahead, mister. Look around. See if there's something you like. Are these things real? I told you. Everything's real. that one thing I say every time I come back and do another episode of this? Oh yeah, I'm back, baby! <laughs> episode uh, 9, I believe, of Real Talk with Bill Maher. Um, I'm joined today by a special guest who hasn't been on the show for a while, Mr. Tanner Blue. What's up? What's up? Thank you for uh, having me back on Real Talk. I'm excited to be here. You know, I've got... I'm really digging what you're doing with the studio. It's looking, it's looking up to par. <laughs> you like my first aid kit right there? Yes, I do. I don't. Know I, I really like that. Uh, that the storm poster, Tech Nine. Oh hell yeah! You know I gotta have a Tech Nine poster. Right? It, that's your episode. favorite Tech Nine album, right? I, nah. Okay, you want me to leave now? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, that's that's a, that's a real talk for another day. And I got eight people I want to impress with that episode. So, <laughs> oh, no, Hollerich boy, what you been up to, Tanner Blue? We haven't heard from you in a while. Man, I've literally just been locked in a bomb shelter just watching the Halloween trailer since July. <laughs> Halloween! That's right, that just came out. That's what we're going to talk about today because... Is it? Yeah, you know what? I was going to talk about uh, religion and politics, but I think I'm going to talk about Halloween. Okay. That's... No, that came out, and I saw it. It came out on, what was it, the 18th, I think? You're a longtime Halloween fan. Grew up with that. A lot of people grew up with that. I think a lot of people from even our parents' generation can appreciate Michael Myers. So when you saw this, before we even get into the movie, when you saw that they were remaking this movie, what'd you think? Well, would you say remake or sequel? Okay, not remaking it, but bringing the franchise back. Okay, at first, I was, I mean, obviously I was excited. I didn't care what kind of Halloween movie I got. I just wanted to see a Halloween movie because, you know, I'm 21 years old. I wasn't old enough to see the last Halloween movie, which was H2 by Rob Zombie. I wasn't old enough to go see it. So this was my first time seeing Michael Myers on the big screen. And um, I was just ecstatic, you know, when they announced the movie. And the, the details are pretty scarce. I knew Jamie Lee Curtis was coming back. I was like, how are they going to do this? Like, what are they going to do? I heard they were ignoring the timeline, which I was okay with. We'll get into that later. But my initial reaction was, yes, Halloween's coming back. But at first, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% on it because, you know, how many times have there been Halloween sequels announced? Like Rob Zombie, Halloween 3D, and then you had the, the movie they were making, Halloween... Um, the Halloween Returns or something like that a couple years ago. They had a script for that. They didn't make that movie. That got scrapped. So my first reaction was like, just get the movie done. I just want to see it done. And I finally got to see it. I saw it last night. Michael Myers is one of those characters where it's like, if you get it wrong, you're going to hear about it. So that's, that's one of those franchises. And I'm glad they didn't make a Halloween movie back in like 2011, 2013, because they were still kind of figuring it out. And you know, Disney now owns pretty much every movie in existence now. And I think yeah. they kind of got the formula hashed out. So once people could kind of copy that, then movies started getting really good in the past two years. So Halloween is back. 
and it has come out. We've both seen it. What was your initial reaction as a Michael Myers fan? I love this movie. <laughs> this movie was everything I thought it would be and more. Um, I just my initial reaction was just I can't believe it. I mean, just I was so hyped. I mean, I've been talking about this movie for almost a year now since they announced it. So I wasn't necessarily like. I was excited, but I was like, man, let's just, just get to the movie. I just want to see it happen. Like, I, I can't even contain my excitement. I'm not even excited. I just want to see the movie. It's just so uh, such a long, drawn-out process. But my initial thoughts when I walked out of the theaters was, man, that was that was a 10 out of 10. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was my first time seeing Michael Myers on the big screen, too. And uh, I, I didn't have high expectations for it i i felt kind of worried that they were going to do it wrong and people would be disappointed so I, I i tend to get my hopes not as far up ever since justice league so <laughs> i think we can agree with that i think we can agree with that so i've kind of taught myself to not get too hyped about it so i went in with pretty low expectations and man that is a movie you got to see twice that is so good it's it's so satisfying to Halloween fans, but it's also so good to new audiences. Like, you think about all the kids in high school right now that have never seen, probably never even seen the original Halloween movie, but they go in and they see this, they're going to love it, you know? Just, like, real quick, when I went to the theater yesterday, there were so many, like, little, what do you have to be now, 17 to see a you be rated, 17 rated Okay, rated and R. there were so many little 17-year-olds, and they're like, yeah, we're going to go see Halloween, the guy's <laughs> going to stab people, and I'm like, man, you, you kids don't even know. You don't know. Kids don't even you don't know. Okay, let me tell you this story. The first night I saw Halloween on Thursday night when it came out, there were these four teenagers sitting next to me. Dude, they talked the entire time. First, Okay, first time there was a dead body on screen, they, this girl said, oh, shit. I'm like, hey, you know what movie you just bought a ticket for? <laughs> this, this is a Hotel Transylvania, dude. You're going to see dead people. You don't need to react just because people are sitting next to you. But, uh... By the way, before we even get any farther, if you talk during the movie, leave the movie, you know? Just leave the... Don't go. I, we're bringing up Justice League a second time in one episode before we even get to what we're talking about. <laughs> I, when I got a private screening for Justice League and I had no one else in the theater with me besides the two people I went with, no one was talking in the whole movie. Ruined every movie-going experience after me because then every time I hear a Twizzlers rapper, I'm dying. I can't oh. hear I can't do it. I'm, I get so mad. But anyway, back to the point. Well, actually, I was going to say for like my experience, too, um, I, I, I went with my dad. He likes to sit on the end because sometimes like he doesn't want to annoy people if he has to go like to the bathroom or whatever. So we kind of sat on the end. So anytime someone got up, they had to walk past us. And it happened a couple times. And I was just so worried about the crowd and how they were going to affect my experience watching the movie because I cannot stand when people are on their phones during the movie. It drives me insane. Use, most movies, I have my phone on vibrate. This movie, my phone was off. I didn't want any distractions. And the people beside me, you know, I saw a couple phone screens. You know, I'm not going to freak out too much about it. But it was nothing serious. So we had a we had a pretty pretty good uh, crowd experience in my whenever I went. So I can't complain too much. Good. Yeah, you got to have that experience with you when you go to see a movie, especially one that you like. But, uh, okay, so when we saw this movie... Is it fair to say that we've been disappointed by Halloween sequels in the past? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there, I think this is the 11th Halloween movie, right? I think, because there was six, H2O, Resurrection, the two zombie films. Yeah, this is the 11th yeah. one. Yep. When I, when I sat down and I got through the first 30 minutes of this movie... Oh, by the way, before we go any further, spoilers, heavy spoilers, because we've seen it. If you haven't seen the movie yet, don't listen. Yeah, this is 
Definitely spoilers because I cannot talk about this movie without spoilers. This is where the spoilers start. Turn it off if you haven't seen it. Come back Turn it off. if you see it. <laughs> All right. Once I got about 30 minutes into it, I was worried about it. I I was like, okay, this feels a lot like Rob Zombie's movie. You know, it does not. I this doesn't feel like that 70s movie. I was kind of concerned about it. I I kind of agree. Um, at first it was it was a little slow getting in, and I was like, mm, you know, I'm I'm kind of gritting my teeth a little bit. I'm like, man, this like I'm gonna give it some time. You know, this like the like typical John Carpenter style movie. You know, it's gonna take a little bit. I know he wasn't the director, but he had some influence in it. I was like, you know, I'm gonna give it a chance. Let let things get settled. But whenever you first start <clears> off with the guy with the uh, the crew going in to do the. By the way, they call themselves podcasters. I almost fell out of my chair Dude, I laughing. About I heard that. Okay, <laughs> the, okay. Okay, you saw it in the trailer. These, these, this man and this woman, they go into uh, Smith's Grove Sanitarium to interview Michael, get a reaction out of him, a showing of the mask. Dope scene. It's later revealed that they're podcasters and they were doing it for a podcast. I cringed a little bit. I felt so bad. I was like, man, I can't wait to make a podcast about this. They should have just said, oh, well, like we're YouTubers. Like that would have been so. Yeah, like, hey, what's up, Michael? I'm here from Real Talk. I'm trying to see if you want to kill someone. <laughs> Not a real job. <laughs> but no, like, okay, so like we're 30 minutes into it. This is starting to feel like Rob Zombie's Halloween meshed with Stranger Things. I wasn't really feeling it, I was a little concerned. And seeing Michael in the sanitarium, such a dope scene. And then the backstory with, like, um, Laurie Strode and how she's been living since the first movie. What do you think about Laurie Strode's character as she was introduced? Other than, I gotta say, it's a tie between her and Michael as my favorite characters. Which, I mean, isn't saying a lot, but her character was awesome. Because in in every movie she's in, in the Halloween series, you know, the first one, she's she's good. You know, it's her first role. You know, she does a pretty good job. But other than that, in the sequel, she doesn't really do too much. Um, H2O, I'm kind of eh about that movie. Um, Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, she's not really in that movie that movie that much. And the resurrection, you know, what the fuck? There's, <laughs> she's not really doing anything. Um, but she was awesome in this movie. I mean, I love the way they, they turned her character, did a complete 180 on her. She's no longer the girl from the, the original movie. She is just a completely different person. She is just... Literally been waiting for Michael Myers to come back just so she can kill him in her, her whole house. And she's like, her whole house is like this, like war zone. And she's got like all this, all these guns and shotguns and everything around the house. I mean, she is awesome. I love what they did with her character. Definitely one of the high points in the movie. Yeah. Seeing Laurie Strode in the first movie as just like the victim babysitter who's on the run and spending the last 40 years making her house a fortress and learning guns and disassembling and reassembling guns just as though she's just ready to kill Michael Myers when he inevitably comes back. That's such a cool take on it, and I think that's actually, I think that has a little bit to do with Jamie Lee Curtis's stance on, like, empowering women, and I think that's a really good representation of it, like, taking what worked in the 70s and making it more modern for, like, modern moviegoers. I mean, obviously not trying to get political with horror movies, but I think that was dope. I think it was really dope to see her not as, like, the, the scream queen they used to call her. But actually, like, kicking ass, you know? Yeah, I um actually listened to Jeremy John's review before I came in here. Um, He said, not only is this the proper way to build a female, like, character, this is the proper way to build a character in general. I mean, they did an awesome job with just the whole psychology of her, and her, her whole character in general was amazing. I loved it. Oh, yeah, definitely. She, 
Definitely killed it. Her her daughter was played by Judy Greer, who plays a mom in just about every blockbuster. <laughs> and then she had a daughter. Uh, her name was Allison in the movie. I can't think of the actress's name. I think but it's Andy Matichek. Matichek. I, I think like that's that. right. Yeah, she, this is her first big role, and uh, she killed it. She was probably the best acting of any debut performance I've seen. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, okay. So the story goes. Michael's in the sanitarium. He's not reacting to anybody. No emotions, no words. 40 years, he's just doing nothing. He's just kind of like in the shell of his own body. And then I think those podcasters, they come and they kind of, they show him the mask trying to get a rise out of him. And they kind of trigger something in him, I think. And we don't see that because Michael Myers is a very emotionless person. So I think they kind of triggered that and they didn't really touch on it, but... I don't know. What do you th- what do you think this movie got right about Michael Myers about the whole story? What do you think it got right? It, let's see. To me, if you are a fan of the series, this movie was everything you wanted it to be. I mean, the, to me, I I might catch some flack for saying this, but to me this was the best Michael Myers I've ever seen. <laughs> I think it it ties with the original how good uh, Michael Myers is in this movie, and I, I'm not gonna lie at first, because you know he, he in the movie he's 61 years old. Okay, I tried not to let that bother me too much. I really wasn't thinking about it. But then whenever you get to some of the scenes and Michael doesn't have the mask on, he's 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 without his mask a lot in this movie. But you you know you don't you don't see it straight straightforward. Um, but he is just when he put that mask on and he just and he was doing his thing. He was like, man, I ain't killed nobody in 40 years. What? I mean, he was just going off. This, my favorite Michael Myers ever. I mean, they got him 12 out of 10. I mean, the mask was awesome. His movements were awesome. Uh, I think the guy who played him was James Jude Courtney. Is that his name? Yeah, James Jude Courtney played him. Was he, was he the one who played him without the mask? He, I would say for about 90% of the movie. They did a couple scenes, or I think it was Nick Castle from the original. But for the most part, it was him. I mean, man, he did a fantastic job. He, I mean... Awesome. Probably my favorite Michael Myers. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't show Michael Myers' face in this movie. They did what Halo, the game series, has been doing for years, where it's like, hey, here's your here's your main character's personality, no face, yeah. just personality. And I, I think that's awesome. That was exactly what I wanted from Michael Myers. But, um, yeah, I think they got Michael Myers absolutely right. Perfect. I mean, no emotion, no motivation, just pure evil as... Dr. Loomis from the original series called him so much, it's just pure evil. I was like, all right, yeah, he's a bad dude, whatever. In this movie, you realize, like, oh, this isn't even a dude. This is just bad. This <laughs> like, dude, he is evil. A, he is a bad man. He's as close to a monster as a normal human being can get. And I think there's kind of that supernatural quality about him where it's like, okay, is he really a person or is there something? They're kind of some kind of supernatural that's what thing I about like. him. That's what I like about it. I like that, and I especially like the fact that they never explain it. Nope. The, the problem with many movies now is they don't give enough backstory to the villains. Like, you look at Marvel movies, the, the villains, they never really have, like, a hashed-out backstory and motivation. Michael Myers is probably the only character in movie history that doesn't need that. And the absence of that makes it more interesting. Yes. I love it. You don't know what he's killing for. You don't know what his motivations are. Okay, we got to talk about the big thing. That really intrigued a lot of people. The fact that Michael Myers is no longer in this continuity, Laurie Strode's brother. They're not related. What did you think about that when you heard that? I was fine with it. I mean, it, 
it could have went either way. I mean, to me, to me in this movie, I feel like it. I don't really think it mattered if they're brother and sister because I'm still gonna like Michael Myers' character regardless. But they went that route. I'm fine with it. Um, it makes things more interesting in some ways, and I was, I mean, I was okay with it. I really no issue with them trying to re reboot that whole situation. And I like in the movie they're how they're, you know, the three teenagers are walking down the road and they're like, um. Yeah, isn't that like her sister? He's like, nah, they just made that up. <laughs> like they're, they're, They just threw that out the window off the bat. Yeah, they got that right out of the way. And I was expecting them to come back to that. Honestly, I was expecting there's supposed to be some kind of plot twist where it's like, no, it's her dad the whole time. Or oh, something. God. That's what I was expecting. I, I legitimately thought that's what I was in for. But no, it turns out that they have no connection whatsoever, which is weird. I wasn't too, too happy about that because... My whole life, as I've known Michael Myers, it's her brother. It's her evil brother, you know? Yeah. And Halloween 4, which is my favorite Halloween movie, Jamie, the little girl, is his niece. Like, that kind of motivation, I think that really drove it. But without it, I think it makes it more unpredictable and more, why is he doing this, you know? So, okay, so the mov- as the movie goes on, we're seeing the, the inner family struggles with Laurie Strode. But what, what we really want to look at is... Laurie Strode and her connection to Michael Myers. Now, there's that one scene where Laurie Strode is sitting outside of Smith's Grove because Michael is getting transported to another penitentiary. And they load him up on the bus with his doctor. And Laurie Strode is sitting out there with a gun in her hand in the car. And she's drinking, she's crying, she's freaking out, her adrenaline's racing. But then they cut. Now, I thought she was going to crash the bus and try to kill him, but they didn't do that. Were you expecting that? I was not, but now that you mentioned that, that kind of would have been a, a ballsy thing to do if she would have done that. Yes. Now, I read that in the test screenings for this movie back in April, that was the plot, was that, was that Laurie Strode crashed the bus just so she could get her hands on Michael. But Michael got out, and so that every killing in the movie was Laurie Strode's fault because she released Michael Myers. I guess that didn't sit well with test audiences, and thinking about it, it probably wouldn't sit well with me. But do you think it would have been better if Laurie Strode had broken Michael out to kill her? No, but I would have hated it. I think it it might have because like Laurie's on that fine line of like where she's crazy, but you're still like pulling for her, and she's she's still like doing the right things to like protect her family and protect herself, even though she's crazy. If she would have went in there and crashed crashed the whole bus, then it might have been a little bit too much overkill. Like wow, like this chick is crazier than Michael Myers. Like oh, you're crashing like crashing a bus, like. But I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. It'd be a dope psychological turn, but once you realize that every death in that movie is her fall, and you'd be like, okay, well, that was stupid. Huge plot hole, yeah. So they changed it up. You know how he broke out, right? Yes. Okay, that plot twist. We're going to get to that one. That one wasn't really clear to me, but okay, the movie goes on. Michael Myers, he breaks out, obviously, because he's Michael Myers. He gets out. He gets out of the bus. First place he goes is that gas station. It's the same gas station those podcasters are coming to. Before we get to that, whenever the bus crash happens, we got to talk about the the kill that I was not expecting. Okay, so, okay, yeah, let's go back to the bus crash. So the bus crash is full of all these psychiatric ward patients, the bus driver guard, and the doctor that's been rehabilitating Michael. Dr. Sertain, his name was. Essentially, the new Dr. Loomis character is like that doctor who's trying to study Michael, and he appreciates his psychological mystery and all that yada 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 which okay. Lori actually she's like wait you're the new loomis <laughs> i was like oh dude literally God. i was like oh i'll say as soon as i saw this guy i was like all right well this short kind of chubby guy with the ominous voice okay that's clearly dr loomis again yeah 
Later in the movie, Laurie Strode looks at this guy for the first time and goes, Oh, you're the new Loomis. <laughs> Which is essentially just like that movie's way of saying, Okay, we got that joke out of the way. Don't use it in your reviews. Yes. <laughs> you know? that I was like, that's so dope. I'm so glad you did that. Yeah, but uh, before that, though, they're on the bus and the bus crashes. The guard is killed. He's, he's outside the bus. Michael escapes. This hunter and his kid pull up on the bus, and that's how they find out about the crash. They go to check it out. The dad just kind of disappears, so the kid goes out to investigate. He's got his hunting rifle with him. He's like, what's going on? He gets on the bus. What happened then? Well, he gets on the bus, and the doctor that is trying to, like, the new Loomis, uh, as we say, he's like, he pops out of nowhere. He's like, don't shoot, and the kid shoots him anyway. He's like, oh. So I, I guess he just got a little trigger happy, which, I mean, I, I might would have done the same thing, too, if I saw someone hop out of a bus like that. So then uh, he runs back to his dad's truck, and he's he's trying to get away, and he's starting the car, and then I was thinking in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know, this might happen, but. Michael Myers kills this kid. Dude, he smashes that kid against the window. I, I was like, the whole time, I was like, nah, Michael Myers isn't going to kill a kid. He's not going to do that. Next thing you know, he's smashing this guy's face in on his own car. I'm like, dude, that's, that kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the dad to get killed, but I was expecting the kid to get away. No, he shoots the doctor in the shoulder, and he gets smashed in the face by Michael Myers. And that's how Michael Myers gets out. Um, so Michael Myers gets out. He goes to the gas station with a I just got one more thing to say about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So, because if you've seen, like we have, we've seen all the Halloween movies like a trillion times, he never kills kids at all. He he right. runs into them, but he's always, Michael's kind of like, okay, if you're in my way, I'm going to kill you, but if I don't really have any use for you, I'm not going to kill you. He's always kind of been like that. Yeah. But when he killed this kid, like, I, I mean, like I said, I was shocked, but if you if you think about it, like you've seen it twice. He does, it's not as brutal as the other kills. It's kind of just like, like, eh, like smack you up against the window. And then it's like, he killed him out of necessity to get the car. Because exactly. Michael's not going to push the kid out of the car. Like, he's like, man, like, you're kind of in my way. Like, can you, all right, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like he has no problem killing kids. He, he won't if he doesn't have to. Yeah. That's why he like so brutally broke his dad's neck. Yeah. But then just like put the kid out of his misery. Pretty think, much. The women kills and the children kills in this movie and all the movies are a little more gentle, I would say, than the killing of the men in this movie. I mm. think whenever he kills a woman, he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to strangle you. I'm going to break your neck. And then the dude is just like, hey, I'm going to remove your jaw. Okay. <laughs> so that that's I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, OK, well, he's killing kids now. He's definitely a little more deranged. But. Uh, he he gets to the gas station. He kills. The podcasters who are also there. Now, Reference to Halloween 4 and H2O, by the way. The gas station and the bathroom scene. How? Okay, so H4, remember he, he's got the bandages around his head, and he goes in the gas sta or the mechanic station, kills the guy, and takes his jumpsuit. That's right. And then in H2O, the bathroom scene where the girl's in there with the little girl, and Michael goes in there and is, like, pushing on the stalls. But he, in he doesn't end up killing them. He just, like, takes their car keys and takes the car. You remember that? I don't remember H2O that well, but you, that kind of rings it, a bell. If you go back and watch 2 h you'd be like, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. So that was two references right We're there. We're going to talk about the Easter eggs at the end of this movie. Uh, there's also another Easter egg in that whole gas station scene that I'm going to bring up. Um, but he kills the podcasters after they leave interviewing him and interviewing Lori, and he gets the mask from their trunk. Now, that moment where he gets the mask out of their car and puts it on, this is the first time he's masking up since, like, when did H2O come out? 
98. Yeah. This is the first time you see Michael Myers mask up in 98. Did you kind of get that rush from seeing that? Well, in the trailer, when the way they like queued up the music, like the that was that was awesome, like how they keyed that up with the music. But whenever he did it in the in the movie, it was just kind of like he just got done killing the people. It was just kind of like this, like the 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 way the score was when he put it on. I was like, man, like, oh my god, like he's he's back, like, whew. It wasn't. It's not. It was. I was excited, but I was kind of scared for everybody that was in the movie. I was like, man, y'all are about to die. Yeah. <laughs> this the score is something we're going to talk about at the end of this. But when he put the mask on in that movie. And the music, it I was expecting like an intense like yeah, blah, like reveal, but it wasn't that. It was really like that was probably the most emotional piece in the soundtrack, and I think very it, somber. Yeah, I think the reason for that is because it's supposed to like hint at that he feels bad that he feels he has to do this. That's the way I kind of interpreted it with the music. Like he's putting it on, he's like. <sighs> So I gotta do this again. I, that's the way I interpreted it. It's and like, I, I look what like, you made me do. Yeah, it's like look what you made me do. Like that. I think that was really dope. But but again, you can't understand his motivation. He doesn't talk. So he he puts on the mask, and it's Halloween night, and Halloween night on that street that looks so much like the street in the original movie, mm-hmm. like the design of that and everything. Was it? Did you get that same rush, like seeing him walking down the street full of trick or treaters again? That was awesome. Um, the only thing I, I love, I love. That's my favorite scene. Like we're about to talk about, where like the one, the one camera motion, he's just walking around. Mm-hmm. But I did see this on a lot of other people's reviews. But I, I will say I agree with as a slight negative is that they do have the Halloween three, um, like the mask, like yeah. kids are running around. But the real, the Halloween atmosphere is a lacking a little bit. It's I'm not sure what it is. I just would have liked to have a little bit more atmosphere whenever he was like in that scene, like walking around a lot. It kind of just felt like, oh, we just put up some decorations and oh, there goes Michael Myers like walking down the street. You know what? You're right. I I saw that and I there was that scene where he walks up the stairs to a house and the house got like 13 pumpkins on the front porch. Either you have a really big family or they just put all the props <laughs> in this one location because they didn't do other houses. Yeah. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like. Yeah, we know it's Halloween, and yeah, we're just here to see Michael Myers, but what's Michael Myers without Halloween, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just would like to see a little bit more atmosphere, yeah. but not not a huge thing that gets in the way of the movie at all. But um, but like you were saying, my like the scene we're on now where he's he the kids run into him and like it makes that little sound effect like, mm-hmm. and then he's he's walking, which when he grabs the he goes into the kitchen, grabs the hammer and, and grabs the knife. That is also an Easter egg to Halloween too, if people haven't seen with it. With the hammer? Yes, when because when, it's the scene where he walks into the kitchen and the woman doesn't see him, and he grabs the knife and it's all bloody. Go back and watch Halloween too; you'll see it. It's an Easter egg to that. Hmm. So, and that was awesome because he just straight up he's like, "Oh, here's a hammer. There's a person. Boom, boom, boom. You're dead. And give me that knife, and I'm on my way to the next house. Goes into that house, and then that's one of my favorite kills where he just comes up behind this lady and just jabs her through the neck and oh. just like I do not care about you I am Michael freaking Myers. I wasn't expecting that you know because it's like I expected her to close the blinds and then you see the blood splatter on the window but no you see the the knife go through her jugular you know so that was a little more intense that was definitely more Rob Zombie-esque than what I was expecting but that whole shot where it's following him over his shoulder and then it stays focused on the woman in the house and you see him like this is such a weird thing to think about because, like, it's not something that you want from movies, but in this context, it's so good. Seeing him walk around to the back of the house, like, out of your peripheral vision, 
Mm-hmm. That's something that you know he does, and it's always implied that he does. But seeing him do that just makes it more real, doesn't it? It it was amazing. What I what I try to like equate it to is like like whatever your favorite hobby is. Like say you have it, say you love playing basketball. You haven't played basketball in months, and then mm. you're like, all right, I get the chance to play basketball. Like you're so excited, and you're like, you're getting in the zone. You're doing your thing with Michael Myers. He's like, man, I haven't killed anyone in forty years. I'm going to everyone's house that will let me in, and you were going to die. <laughs> and he j- that's his hobby, man. And he was he was. Owning his craft all throughout this movie. He did not care. Yeah, he definitely stepped up his game. I mean, he had a lot of time to think about it. Like, Yes. It was, uh, okay, let's talk about the kills a little bit. Now, in, in 1978, obviously, I think one of the reasons that Michael Myers kind of skyrocketed the fame is because a slasher like that hadn't really been done. I mean, obviously, you got Alfred Hitchcock's shower scene, which is like the first real taboo murder in a movie. Yeah. Then you get Michael Myers, and he's killing five people, five babysitters, like promiscuous teenagers. That was really, like, n- newsworthy back then. Yeah. And the movie even addresses it here. Like, the kids are talking in context, like, oh, come on, five babysitters in 1978 with a knife? Like, what, what is that? By today's standards, that's not that much. But and I kind of I agree with that guy. Even is. though he, he kind of seemed like a douche when he said it, but he's like, I mean, but yeah, by today's standards, it's like nothing. But. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the conversation that fans are having. It's like, Five people with a knife. I mean, that was cool back then, but now it's like we've seen so much more. Yeah. So, but I think they definitely took that and definitely ramped up the kill factor in this movie. Not just to make it more gory, but to make it more... To make you realize that some guy walking around with a knife and no motivation, you should be scared of that. Yes. You know? What, what do you think your favorite kill was? We haven't got to the scene yet. I know what scene you're talking about. And I I'm going to wait for that. But in one of, it's not, this is my favorite kill, but like I mentioned, the getting stabbed through the back of the neck. I was, like you said, I was expecting like just like a subtle off-screen kind of kill. Yeah. He's like, nope, you're dead. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And you saw the whole thing, too. I'm like, oh, man, that's intense. And I think what Rob Zombie did in 2007 was he made it so gory. I think that was the time that Saw was kind of at its peak. About 2007, yeah. Yeah, 2007. Was... And Saw was really big, and so the gore factor, like, ah, like that hadn't been done. Yeah. You didn't need gore in this movie. You just needed, why is he doing this? You know, yeah. just the, the absence of motivation. Okay, after he goes into her house, I'm drawing a blank. Where was he after that? Okay, so after... I don't, it's that by the way this this movie's almost two hours long so it's it's kind of a lengthy movie yeah, for so actually, I'm I'm not quite sure no where. it was the dance they went okay to the, the yeah, kids yeah. went to the dance Laurie Strode's granddaughter went if, to the dance if we don't get every single scene like shot by shot like I'm sorry we're just trying to recall what we remember we're, we're just talking we're, about the pretty much the most we're just now getting to the good scenes okay how did you feel about Laurie Strode's granddaughter's story arc in this movie I liked it I thought um. I'm sure people in real life kind of have this sort of problem with like a broken family, maybe a mother and a and her a grandmother that that do not get along, and the grandkid has never really had a life with the grandmother. So I thought that was a nice arc. Um, I I really did not care for Judy Greer's character that much until the end, and we'll discuss that at the end, obviously. But until then, I I kind of felt bad for uh the the granddaughter i was like man like she just kind of wants to have like a certain life with her grandmother she never really got to experience it because of all the stuff that's happened so i thought throughout the whole movie um it was a nice arc i think they did a a good job with that yeah i see normally i kind of have a bad taste in my mouth like when i'm trying to see michael myers and you cut to a scene of a young adult in their golden days i'm like dude i don't care you know i don't want your slice of life movie 
I don't want if I wanted Stranger Things, I'd watch Stranger Things. You know, if I wanted The Fault in Our Stars, I'd watch The Fault in Our Stars. I want to see Michael Myers stab some people. But I think the way that her storyline with breaking up with her boyfriend and kind of rekindling that family tie with her grandmother, how it kind of crashed into the storyline that Laurie and Michael Myers have, how they kind of intertwine at the end. I think that's really dope, but Okay, so she's leaving the dance with her with her third wheel, and they're like walking home. And he tries to kiss her or something. And he's just drunk, and he's on the he's on the lawn in the back of the house. They were cutting a shortcut through. What'd you think of that scene? I thought that was funny. Um, the um, I did see it wasn't a trailer. It was just a small clip that got released, and it was that scene. And I I, I watched half of it, and I was like, okay, let me stop because this is actually another small complaint. I, I do I loved all the trailers that were released for this movie. They were perfect. I do wish they would have shown a little bit less because while in the movie they you you're like you're like, oh I've seen this in the trailer. It's not what you expect it to be. They expand upon the scenes you've seen in the trailer more, but I just it would have been better if they'd have kinda of left some of that out and then I would have saw it in the movie, I'd have been like, Wow. If you, you understand oh, what I'm yeah, saying. Okay. I wish, I wish you're right. I mean, when that first trailer came out, I wasn't entirely sold on it. And I think it's because if that trailer had ended with a real glory shot of like, oh, Michael Myers is back, like a real, like a panning up shot, like this is that guy. I think that would have been hype. But yeah. instead they went right to the killing, which is what people want from Michael Myers. But you're right. It kind of revealed a lot. Um, but, but this scene when Michael's standing behind the tree and this kid's just talking to him, doesn't know that it's Michael. And the motion lights. What'd you think about that whole motion light sequence? That I knew it was gonna happen, but it was the tension was there, and this the scene was actually pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was. it it wasn't it wasn't as uh, tense as I thought it would be. It was more humorous. Um, but yeah, I hate it for that kid. He kind of got a he tried to kiss the girl, didn't work out, and then he's getting stabbed by my car, so he had a pretty bad night. And, and now as you see this, it just clicked in my brain. Maybe that's kind of like a like an homage to like the promiscuous teenagers in the original movie where it's like, oh, they're having sex. Okay, now it's time to kill them. But no, when Michael Myers is standing behind that tree with that emotionless mask and this drunk kid's just rambling to him and he's just staring at him with that mask. I was dying. That was so funny. I, it just having no emotion on your face just makes that so funny. Michael does a lot of this in this movie where like some like there's stuff going on and he's just like standing there he's like are you done i'm gonna kill you now like it, it, it's so like god the act james ucordy man you did an awesome job like just certain like certain scenes and like his uh cert, like certain things he does in this movie like he just does a lot of like you just have to see the movie for yourself to kind of analyze like what he's doing like his reaction to certain things he's kind of like like i said in that scene he's like man are like are you done? Like, just, just stop. I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. It's it, it definitely like the emotionlessness of it. It's kind of like that age. It's like you said, like he's very mature. He's like, all right, I don't have time for this. I'm just going to go ahead and kill you now. Yes, exactly. He doesn't stalk as much as he does in the original. Back then, he's like, he's a younger, like, all right, I'm going to stalk him and make it. Mm -hmm. this, he does not have time for that in this movie. Yeah, he's like, like, all right, I'm killing you, and then I'm bouncing to you, and then I'm going, to, I'm getting this out of the way. Let's he's get this got done. 40 years to map this out, man. He's, <laughs> he's on a time schedule. He's like, he's like, all right, I've had 40 years away, and I got one night. Let's go ahead and see how many houses I can hit. So, okay, now, the motion light sequence, I thought was going to be my favorite. I thought it was dope, because motion lights, that's a, that's a really dope concept. Yeah. Um, and, Mo and Michael Myers is very 
motionless. Like, he always just stands there and just broods, and that's why the motion lights turn off. I think I thought that was so cool. And the way they were flashing, kills the kid, awesome. Now, Allison, the granddaughter, comes back to investigate why that kid was screaming. And when the motion lights turn on, and you see Allison on one side of the iron bars, and Michael on the other, like, staring at her, mm -hmm. and the music drops... Probably my favorite moment in the whole movie. Really? When yeah, when that music drops, because like that theme song, it, on the soundtrack, it's called um, I think it's called like um, the shape chases Allison or something like that. That music was like the best of the whole movie. That score, like that really fast paced, high pitched piano notes, but then that really grungy, dirty guitar strums like. Yeah, like, just like that. That was so cool to me. I love that. It was like, okay, this is the part where Michael Myers is back. Bringing up the soundtrack, I, I pre order. I I have Apple Music, so I they released one track from it. I guess it was like kind of like the official theme song, mm -hmm. and I and they had like twenty tracks, but you couldn't listen to them yet because they hadn't been released until the other day. And once the other day, they I think it was like yesterday or Thursday when the movie came out, they released the whole thing. And I could listen to the whole thing. Yeah. And I hadn't been paying attention to the track list. I kind of ruined... I'm not going to say I ruined the ending. Because if you go on the track list... I mean, we're going to talk about the end, so I won't say it. But if you go to the track list and you look at like one of the last two tracks, it kind of foreshadows what's going to happen. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. When I came home and I saw that movie, my roommate was like, okay, the soundtrack kind of spoiled the ending for me. Yeah, and I was like, did they really not... They, did they think about that? Well, movies do that. You know, they. I remember I was looking at the Venom soundtrack a couple, like a month ago, and the last song was like Battle at the Launchpad, and that's how that movie. Did you see Venom? I've not seen it okay. yet. But. The, the last track is called Battle at the Launchpad. I'm like, okay, well, I guess the end of the movie takes place at a launchpad, which means that they're going into space. Okay, spoilers, you know? Yeah. But they do that. I don't like that they do that. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, there's no need for that. It's just they could have put the shape vanquishes or so, like okay you know michael something you know michael's going to die yeah or you could just do like just call it final battle do you just something just call it final battle final showdown whatever you want to call it and there's no spoilers yeah so i don't like when things get spoiled by the soundtrack it happens if you don't want a movie to get spoiled obviously don't read reviews and obviously don't look at soundtrack track lists yeah that, until that, after the movie exactly like i mean i knew michael was gonna die or whatever mm. we'll talk about that later but i just i hated how they put that last little word in there i was like okay that's how it happens yeah i i was kind of expecting that but when it happened i was kind of caught off guard but then after it happened i was like oh yeah i already knew that yeah i'm glad i didn't see that before i saw the movie because it would spoil what happens next and what happens next is the doctor is riding with the sheriff and they see michael on the street let's, let's talk about the sheriff real quick what'd you think about him will Patton? so i thought he was great i I cannot remember because he was a character from the first movie, and it says that he was the guy who stopped Doctor Loomis from shooting Michael in the first movie. That's what they said in the movie. See, I caught that. I don't know if they just added that in there as to like, okay, yeah, like let's just go ahead and add this in there, kind of seem like he was in the first because in the first movie, I don't. There was a sheriff in the first movie, but it was the father of. It's Sheriff Brackett, not it's the father of Annie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not. I think 
I could be wrong. I think they just kind of like say like, oh, let's just say he was there. He was like one of the sheriffs that was like there after it happened. Yeah, I don't really remember him in that movie. I remember in part two, there was a guy trying to stop him from shooting like Ben Tramer whenever like the whole like car explosion scene yeah. where the guy's not Michael Myers. I remember that, but that's in the second movie. It's not in the first movie. Yeah, I don't really remember the sheriff's character from the first movie, but I didn't have to. I like no. Will, I like Will Patton as an actor. He's really good. Um, the sheriff. What I like about the sheriff is that he understood the grave danger that Haddonfield was in with Michael Myers being back. So, like, right away, he's like, oh, my God, it's happening again. Yes, and that's what I like is a lot of times in the other sequels, I I'd never understood this. Dr. Loomis is like, all right, guys, he's back. Like, come on. They're like, nah. Like, how, how much more proof do you need? Until you actually do something to get on your game about this. It's like, nah, it's not that big a deal. It's like, dude, I literally witnessed him murder people. He's going to murder you. It's like, nah, it's not that big a yeah. deal. Yeah. Will Patton was like, nah, yeah, nah, we gotta get He's on like, this. No, now. this is serious right now. Okay, there, there was that one scene. There was that, uh, I don't know what it was, the, the chief of police or something with the guy with the cowboy hat. Yeah. Comes up to the sheriff. He's like, what are we gonna do? Cancel Halloween? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna, oh. The one holiday where many kids are out on the street after dark and things are weird, you, you cancel that. Yes. You, That's what you do. You cancel that. Yep. Because it's only happened, well, in this movie, it's only happened once, but in yes. previous movies, it's happened every time. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, I guess I, I understand why I didn't cancel it. Okay. So, but the doctor and the sheriff, they're searching for Michael on the street. Yeah. Now, now the, the sheriff, sheriff doesn't, doesn't. I mean, the doctor, doctor doesn't want the sheriff to kill Michael yeah. because he's state property. He's I noticed owned. that when he said that. I was like, man, who cares, man? He's he's owned. Well, he's he's a patient of the mental the sanitarium, uh, sanitarium. So he's property of the state, but he's a danger to society. So we're gonna kill him. The sheriff's like, yeah, watch me. <laughs> so they find Michael, and they. At some point, when they're together, they go and find Allison, and they pick her up. That's right, yeah. We're, oh, yeah, they find, they find Allison running from Michael after that motion light um, scene. So they pick her up, they put her in the back. So it's those three riding around together. The sheriff, the doctor, and That's Allison. Right. Yeah, Allison's in the back. So she's looking for Michael. Allison's like, there he is. And they see him, and they turn, and they just ram into him with the truck. I mean, hardcore. Like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, obviously that's not going to kill him because that would be the worst ending. But I was thinking Halloween 4. Remember how they run him over? Well, I was thinking Halloween 2 when they ran into the guy that wasn't yeah, Michael that Myers. I, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be Ben Tramer. Okay, yeah. so Ben Tramer was... Uh, <laughs> I was hoping that my dad was like, yeah, that's Ben Tramer. I was like, ah, <laughs> I hope so. I thought it was a trick or treat. Ben Tramer in the original Halloween 2 was dressed up as Michael Myers, and they thought it was really Michael Myers, and they ran into him and killed him. Um, but they ran into him, and the doctor's like, "What have you done? You killed him!" And they walked out. Why don't you go ahead and describe that scene? Okay, so the sheriff and the doctor go out, and the sheriff's like, "All right, I'm gonna kill him. Like, stand back. I'm just gonna blow his head off." He's like, "Oh, we gotta make sure it's him." And then all of a sudden, the doctor takes out a knife and stabs the sheriff. And I'm just like, "What is going on?" I was not expecting that. I knew the doctor was a little weird, but I, I didn't expect him to play that kind of role. And then all of a sudden, okay, the sheriff's dead, and he takes off Michael's mask and puts it on, and then he proceeds to drag Michael. He's like, I want to see what it's like to be you. Like, I guess he has this fantasy. He's like, I want to be Michael Myers. So he takes off Michael's mask, and he drags Michael 
throws him in the back of the cop car with Allison. And by the way, this is a cop car, so it's got one of those bars separating the front and the no back door seat. handles on the inside yes. of the back seats. So she's all of a sudden, and then he takes the mask off. I don't know why he put it on for like two seconds. He took it back off. It was that dramatic reveal, you know? <laughs> I guess. So he, he puts Michael in the back with Allison and then throws the mask in there and then gets in the front seat and drives off. So can you imagine being locked in the back of a cop car with the unconscious Michael Myers sitting beside you? Yeah, it's uh, that was a little tense, like being stuck in the backseat with Michael. He wasn't dead, by the way. You saw him breathing, yeah. but he was kind of just unconscious. And the doctor's talking about his motivations. He's like, I always wanted to know what it's like to feel what he feels after doing what he did, but having no emotion about it. Like, I'm, it's really intriguing to me. And so he kind of just like wants to kill. He he puts Michael Myers in the car and he drives off. And his entire intention is to get Michael Myers to Laurie Strode to see what happens. Yep. And he's talking about how the um, the drive to kill each other is what keeps them both alive. So he wants to like experiment with that in like a game of like he's kind of like a puppet master for a little bit. But this whole plot twist doesn't last more than ten minutes. So what happens when the doctor gets Michael Myers to Laurie Strode's house? Okay, so they're on the way to Laurie Strode's house, and by the way, Jamie or er, Laurie Strode and her daughter. And her husband are at Jamie's, or I keep seeing Jamie Lee Curse, are at Lori's house. <laughs> and they're locked up. They're prepared for battle. They're waiting for Michael to come to them so they can finally end this thing. So the cop and the doctor were trying to find Allison to bring her there. So now we've got the doctor who's out of his mind. He's got Michael and he's got her. He's driving there to see what happens. So they run into these, they park on this like long dirt road. And then there's two cops that are out there kind of posted up making sure like nothing's going wrong. So they see this cop car, and they're trying to call the sheriff who's dead. They're like, hey, man, like, like over, over, are you there? There's no word. And in that time frame, you know, they realize something's wrong, but they don't go and check it immediately. So then all of a sudden, Michael wakes up, pushes his foot through the, the, uh, the little grate that's separating the seats, and just smashes him up, takes him out, and then we get to my favorite kill. He drags the doctor out, puts him on the ground, and the doctor's... Forgot what he said. What he said to Michael. He said, "Okay, Michael pulls the doctor out of the car. The doctor's on the ground. He knows he's about to die. Yeah. But the doctor looks at Michael, and Michael's looking down at him. He's like, just say something, you know? Like thirty years of studying you, you haven't said a word. Just say something." At that point, I was like, "If he says one word, I'm going to walk out of this movie." Dude, theater. I thought he was gonna say Martha. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought he was gonna say, you know? Oh my God! If he would have spoke, I, I, they kind of hinted at him speaking a lot in this movie, and I was like, "Please God, don't." They do foreshadowed that. it. Yeah, they were like, "He's never said a word, and he doesn't talk." They've said it like three times up to that point. I was like, "This is the moment where he says it," you know. And, but luckily, he does not speak. But instead, he takes his foot and he smashes this dude's face completely open, blood and guts and brain like, like everywhere. You, you've never seen a head explode like this. Like no. I've, I've seen RoboCop a couple times. <laughs> You've never seen a head explode like that. It was like a pumpkin. That's yes. exactly the way I thought it was. I yep. was like, he just stuck on a pumpkin. Like, that's what it looked like. Okay, if a normal person tried to do that, there'd be like some scarring, possibly a little bit of head trauma. Yeah. But this man just straight up crushed his whole face well, this with dude, a stomp. Well, this dude's leg power was strong enough to break the bars in a cop car, you know? So that's how you know he was strong. I love that they put that in there and it demonstrated just how strong his legs are. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect way to do that. And, by the way... You may not realize it, but him killing that doctor is an Easter egg, a reference to Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's, it's a reference to that, because you know what I'm talking about? I, that's the one Halloween I really haven't 
rewatch that much. Okay, so in that movie, there is one character who's nice to Michael Myers. That's Danny Trejo's character. He's the custodian mm, at Smith's yeah. Row. He's, He's always, always been nice to Michael Myers, and even when everyone else is mean to him. 30 years pass by, Danny Trejo's still working in Smith's Grove. Michael Myers breaks out and goes and starts going on his killing spree. Michael Myers approaches Danny Trejo, the only guy who's ever been nice to him. And his character, I don't remember his name, so I'm going to call him Danny Trejo. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, Michael Myers picks him up, and Danny Trejo's like, why? I've always been nice to you. And he kills him anyway. <laughs> he just straight up murders him. And that was, that was kind of to, in that movie to demonstrate that Michael Myers doesn't care. That lack of motivation, that I'm going to kill anybody, that. That's what this was. This was a reference to that. The only person who's ever given him any sympathy, who literally broke him out. By the way, once that plot twist with the doctor happens, you realize that the doctor was the reason that Michael's bus crashed. Yep. He let Michael out. He let him out. So, the only guy who's ever shown Michael any sympathy and ever been nice to him, and actually helped him to achieve his goals, he murders him anyways. That's what that was. I thought that was really cool. It was like, oh, there's that lack of motivation again. He's just an animal. I agree. And for anyone that hasn't seen the movie, well, hopefully you've seen it if you've come this far, but uh, that is absolutely my favorite kill. I mean, he just smashes that dude's head. It I loved it. It goes everywhere. And then it just has that scene where Michael just like looking at the ground, and it's just... And by the way, we haven't talked about this um, a whole lot, but the mask. Um, when I first saw the mask, like on the the poster, I was like, "Okay, it looks good," but I'm not, I'm not overly excited mm. about it. it. And I never was overly excited about it until I got into the movie. The mask looked awesome. It was so good. It. I was like, "Okay, it's good. It's not terrible." I actually thought Rob Zombie's mask looked better. Until I got into the movie, it did. but when I got into this movie and the way it just looks on Michael in this movie, it's fantastic. They got it perfect. I just had to throw that out there. The mask looks awesome. So back in that scene where Michael's just like staring at the ground, and I'm just like, man, he 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 looks amazing. They did a great job with the mask. The thing about the mask is, it's kind of it. Well, like I said, it's the original mask from the first movie. And it's been 40 years since that. <clears throat> I think the podcaster at the beginning said that he got it from where? Like the sheriff's department? Yeah, I think so. It's been locked up in evidence, so it's kind of old. It's kind of dusty. It's nasty. It's supposed to show, like, the age, like, the aging and the, uh, like, the darkness more, like, like a more decayed Michael Myers. I think that's what it was supposed to represent, but I thought it looked good. Oh, it looked awesome, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like the original one. I don't know if they... Got the rights to William Shatner's likeness? Because that's what the mask in the original one was based on. I'm sure they paid him. I mean, they must have. They had money to do it. It's not like, I'm can't, can't have been, could have been that much I money. Mean, yeah, I mean, because you imagine yeah. they tried to make a, a mask off William Shatner's face now. <laughs> that's kind of what it looked like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, so, all right, so where were we? He, they, he, he kills the doctor. Allison breaks out of the, the cop car and runs to Laurie Strode's house. So now Lori Strode, her daughter, and her granddaughter are all well, in the Actually, house. She's, she just starts running through the woods. I'm like... That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was, he, she was going through the woods. And, I'm uh, like, what are you doing? And Michael doesn't really chase her, but he goes... Uh, the, oh, by the way, the cops that were posted up, they come to investigate, and you don't really see it, but it's implied that Michael kills him and takes the car. I think it's... Uh, and you know, the, before that, the cops are kind of joking around a little bit. Okay, that joking scene. Here's another thing about this movie that it's actually getting praised for was its humor. Like, the jokes in this movie. What do you think about the jokes in this movie? Well, we did mention this. We kind of skipped over it. But there's uh, 
you know, when one of Allison's friends is babysitting uh, the little kid. That's right. He's actually pretty funny. Um, I do like the humor in this movie. You can definitely tell. I mean, these guys are two comedy writers doing a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at certain points, I wish it would have dialed down a little bit because you got to. This is a horror, a scary movie. It's supposed. I mean, it's supposed to be scary, but I do like the hat. I mean, a good horror movie can have some humor in it. Absolutely. Um, I did think the jokes hit pretty much. I just wish they maybe would have toned it down just a little bit, maybe. Yeah, it's. I I always prefer when it's just like. They tell the actors, okay, we're not going to write anything. You just go ahead and riff with each other for a little bit and kind of improvise. I don't like it when they force jokes, because you can always tell when a joke is forced. And it never hits. Never hits. But these ones, it actually hit. I think it's part of it's because the kid was so young and he was dropping these jokes. It was really funny. But uh, no, that definitely hit. I, I laughed a couple times. and uh, But yeah, I'm like, okay, cut it off right there. Like, that's it. No more jokes. No more jokes. But the cops in this scene... They have like a, a minute and a half dialogue. And I swear to God, the cop driving the car, his lines, I swear Danny McBride wrote it for himself and just didn't get there on time. Like, you, I'm listening to it. I'm like, these are Danny McBride lines. Like, Danny McBride is a comedian that, or, or I shouldn't say comedian. He's, he's the actor that wrote the, help write the script for this. And he's funny. You know, from Pineapple Express and all that. Eastbound and down. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Pretty much uh, anything. Pretty much anything James Franco does, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he wrote these lines, and that little dialogue right there, I'm like, okay, that could have been a deleted scene. To me, that was a reference to Halloween 5 with the two goofy cops. See, I don't... See, there's two Halloween movies I don't remember. It's, it's Halloween 5 and 6. What happened in Halloween 5? In Halloween 5, there's these two cops that are... They're intentionally made to be, like, goofy and, like, dumb, and they're just, like, you're two, like cops that always get it wrong and they're trying to be funny it's just to me i just thought it was like a, a little slight reference to that movie but i mean nothing major mm. yeah, yeah maybe i mean it didn't really add much to the plot but mm-hmm. it made it you know it made you chuckle right there but they drive out michael myers kills him and then it cuts back to laurie strode's house where she's preparing and everything so the cop car pulls up to the house what was inside the cop car? Okay, this, when I mentioned earlier, I wish I would, they wouldn't have shown so much in the trailers. I wish they would not have shown that. The, yeah. Because I already knew it was going to happen. If I have saw that live, I'd have been like, oh my God. So basically, Michael kills the cops and carves their heads up like pumpkins. And the guy, um, Allison's dad, walks in, opens the cop car, the cop car door, and he sees like the cop the cops heads like shaped like pumpkins and carved up i mean it's pretty gruesome scene it's awesome but i knew it was going to happen so it didn't have any effect on me at all i wish they yeah you're right i wish they didn't reveal that because that is a that's i think aside from the head stomp which wasn't really controlled yeah i think that's the most gruesome thing michael myers does that was very creative that was very very saw like you know and it's he literally cut the cop's eyes out hollowed out his skull Shoved a flashlight up his open neck hole and made it look like a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Awesome, awesome imagery there for a Halloween movie. So, if you think about it, through all the movies, Michael's very like artistic. <laughs> like his kills sometimes. Michael's like, okay, I'm gonna kill you, but all right, give me like 30 minutes. I'm gonna carve this guy's head. Yeah, real quick. I like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's so to say Michael has no personality or no creative side is is wrong. He's creative in a bad way. It's always the the silent ones. Exactly. It's always the quiet ones. (laughs) But, okay, so they're at the house. Michael. Was Michael in the cop car? Or did he just come out from the woods? 
I think he might have drove up in the cop car, possibly. That's right. Yeah, because the cop car pulled up, it pulled and, it, up. and it played the siren. Yeah. He got out. Yeah, and then kind of went from behind. Then he, he kills Allison's dad. Probably my least favorite kill. Uh, he just like, kind of strangles him a little bit. He strangles him with wind chimes. Yeah I, I, yeah, I mean, not a big deal. but So he's dead. So then um, in that, so then it's Lori and her daughter. They're in the house. Allison still hasn't made her way to the house yet. And then you got, she sees Michael. She's like, all right, this is it. Like, this is the final showdown. She's got her, her weapons out. She tells her daughter to go get in her little basement. If you didn't know, Lori kind of has, like, this contraption where she, like, the, the countertops for the in the kitchen move, and it's, like, a little underground, like, bunker shelter. That was cool. I like that. Which re- later on is revealed to be something else. Mm-hmm. But, um, so she's down there. Her daughter is. So then it's just Lori and it's Michael. Pretty much what you've been waiting for for the whole movie. And then it. It gets intense, man. It, they did a great job doing the like the battle scene. So, okay, play by play. This is where the movie gets really suspenseful. Like this final battle is where it gets really intense because it's pretty fast up to that point. But they they brought it down to the seconds you felt the tension, you know. So the door is locked. Laura Strode is locking the door. She's standing up against the door, ready to, ready to uh, kill Michael. Michael breaks through the glass and starts to kind of, like, choke her. Lifts her up off the ground, trying to, like, break her neck or something. And then what happens to Michael? He gets his fingers blown off. He gets his fingers blown off I by believe Michael's shotgun. it was his ring and his pinky finger that got blown off. It was. It was his ring and his pinky finger. You know why they did that, right? Why? Because it's technically Halloween, too. He oh. got two fingers left. Oh. So that's... That kind of imagery, I was like, all right, yeah, that's clever. He's going to pull, uh, like, an Anakin Skywalker and he'll have, like, a robotic arm in the next movie. <laughs> Probably. They're like, all right, we're going to get rid of all the ridiculous sequels, but uh, this next one's going to have a robot arm, so we're going to do that. <laughs> but, no, they he blew it off, and he got two fingers left, and I thought that was that was pretty cool. You know, kind of the imagery. And that's the only real time that you hear Michael, like, vocalize in pain. He actually does that. In this final scene, he does that quite a few times, like a like a like a like a grunt, yeah, like, like a little a, grunt. Yeah, like he, you do hear him. He will grunt occasionally. It's not just like complete mute, which I think is fine because I mean, you're trying to show like a little human emotion to you him. Yeah, be reminded, you know. Yeah, so they do that, and then their Michael breaks into the house, and I forgot what happens. Like she, something's going on. And basically, he gets his fingers blown off, and he's, like, going up through the house, like, trying to look for Lori. Lori goes down into the basement and shuts the contraption. He starts searching the house for her. And then she's like, okay, you know what? I got to go finish this. I got to go take care of it. So she leaves the basement, and she follows the blood trail from his fingers up upstairs. Okay, please tell me you picked up on this. So first, Lori's checking each room. She's clearing it. Once she realizes Michael's not in there, she shuts the iron gates that she had installed on the doorway so he can't get in, and if he's in there, he can't get out. Yeah. She clears the room. She enters one last room, which, okay, by the way, we forgot to mention, one of the training montage parts in the early beginning, she was shooting mannequins that looked like Michael, mm-hmm. like to focus on her aiming. So she's got a room full of stock mannequins all in there. Did you notice what was peculiar about that room? It was a reference to the first film in the the last, like the room they're in with the closet and the open kind of back the open back window. door. Yeah, it was an exact replica of that room. Really, the the set design. I watched the video on it. The set design of that room, that was an exact replica of that bedroom that they originally showed down in the old movie. Because I thought it was weird that the camera was focusing on those really flimsy closets for so long. I'm yeah, like, hey, that- that's the closet that they yep. broke into. Yep. Turns out that's exactly why. 
I don't know if Lori had the house built that way or if that's just visual um, playing. I don't know. Like most movies, when they try to do Easter eggs, sometimes it's kind of corny. This movie did it perfect. This is how you do Easter eggs to previous films. This is exactly how you do Easter eggs. We're going to cover that in a bit. But Okay, so she's going through it silent. Really intense. This movie is so silent that I heard A Star is Born playing in the theater next to me. (laughs) Really took me out of it. But this movie is really quiet, really intense. They really built up. This final scene, the tension, I mean, they stretched it out as far as... You got your adrenaline going with this movie. And, uh... She opens up the closet, the flimsy closet. She's expecting to see Michael in it, which would have been an awesome, like, reversal. But here, here's a plot hole that I noticed that kind of took me out of it. She strangled that guy with the wind chimes, left him in the yard. He did, I mean. Yeah. There's another scene where it shows the outside of the house. You see his body in the front yard. But when she opens up the closet, he's up there in the closet, like, hanging there. <laughs> so I'm like, did Michael go outside and bring the body back inside for that? Reveal. He might have some. The, sometimes Michael, yeah, like his kills are real creative. He put, I don't know. He like puts people in places. Like, you're like how how do you do that? Like in Halloween Six, I know you you said you don't really remember, but there's a there's a kill where he kills a guy in the van, and then like five minutes later, he's got him hung up by a tree with Christmas lights. I mean, it's mm. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think he's smarter than people give him credit for. I think he's a genius. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so. Michael is in there with that room full of mannequins. And that's intense. It's like three minutes of like, where is he? Yeah. All in one room. I'm like, okay, where the F is he? They they put that scene out as long as they could. I mean, if it had been a minute longer, it would have been just too much. But they did it perfectly. They really dragged it out. And finally, he reveals himself from behind a mannequin and charges her. You know what I think that was? I think that was an homage to the It movie that came out last year. You remember that scene where, um, I don't know if it's Richie, the kid, he walks into that room full of clowns? Yeah. I think that's what that was. So, or, I mean, many horror movies have done that, something yeah. like that. But, yeah, I think that was an homage to, like, that horror tactic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Michael and Laurie are, are, show- are fighting, finally. They're, it's brutal, too. I mean, they're, they're screwing each other it, up. The, what comes next is my favorite part of the whole movie. So dope. This is the... So they're they're fighting, and Michael's kind of getting the best ever. He kind of throws her out. Now, if you've seen the original, I hope you have. Uh, Loomis shoots Michael, and he kind of falls out the back of this like open door window type deal, and he falls, and he's on the ground. And so that kind of happens with Lori. She gets thrown on the, um, over, the, over the railing onto the ground, and Michael, he kind of peeks over, and like so, I think Okay, yeah, uh, her daughter's downstairs. She's screaming. She's like, ah, like, mom, mom. And he kind of turns around, and then he goes back to look over the ledge, and she's gone. And that is a direct reference to the first movie. Yeah. And at that point, I don't know what it was, but you just see Michael look up. He's like, oh, shit. That's, a, <laughs> that's the first time you see a guy with no emotion look scared. He's like, I'm the one that's being hunted now. Yeah, that's exactly what. And I think that's, the, that's exactly what they were going for is like, Lori is now has disappeared the same way Michael did, and now Michael looks scared. I thought that was dope. That That's was so my cool. favorite scene. I, he's like, "Oh my god, I'm screwed." Yeah, that, that <laughs> could, and you know what? That whole concept on paper probably sounded so corny. Yeah, it sounded so corny, but the way it was done is just there's something good about it. You know? Yep, that's one of those things where it's like you're dangerously close to being crappy. Yes, so, but they they did it perfect. But they he goes back in the house and. He's coming back down, and now remember, the basement hatch door is open. Or no, it's not open. It's not open. It's closed. And Judy Greer and, and Allison are down there, 
Yeah, by the way, Allison finally makes it back there, mm-hmm. runs in the house, and then she's in the basement with her mom now. So they're both in the basement. Michael Myers is looking for him. Michael knows that the basement's down there because Laurie Strode should know better. She shot at him from the basement through the floorboards. <laughs> I was like, why are you doing that? He had no idea that was there. Yeah. So he knows that's there. Hey, he starts like tearing up the kitchen island trying to break it off, right? Dude, they demonstrated this guy's strength in this movie. Yep. But uh, he breaks it off. Now, the next scene with Judy Greer, what did you think of that? See, like I said earlier, I did not really care for her character in this movie until the scene we're about to talk about where she she steps up her game, does a complete 180. I'm like, okay, I like her character now. So what happens is Michael kind of breaks off the kitchen uh, countertop. So he's about to walk downstairs and and kill these two people. And then she's, so she finally grabs a gun, Judy Greer. And she's like, Oh my God, like, I can't do this. I can't, she's like crying. And she's she's like, I can't do it. And it's like, Michael hasn't stepped down yet. And he's like, he has, he hasn't really shown up yet. And then she keeps like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't do this. And then Michael, he finally steps in the doorway. He's like, I'm here. And she's like, just kidding. kidding. Boom. Boom, Shoots him. (laughs) He's like, she's like, psych. You thought. And then shoots him. What was it? In his shoulder or his she neck? Shot, it was his neck. Neck. She shot him in his neck. So he kind of like stumbles backwards. And then that dramatic reveal behind him. What was behind him? Lori. Lori. She steps out of the shadows. And it's like, you know, at the part in the original where she's like kind of crying. And then you see Michael's face like kind of light up in the dark. Yes. That's what they reference right That's there. That's exactly what that is. And it was awesome. And by the way, whenever Judy Greer shot Michael, the whole audience with me started clapping. I thought that was cool. <laughs> that is cool. Uh, yeah. Um, Laurie Strode pops out from behind the closet. She goes, happy Halloween, Michael. What she do? She stabs him, right? She does something, and then he falls down the stairs, which I, in real life, that's got to hurt. Falling down the stairs hurt. like that. Not even that. That's got to be scary. You got one way out of that basement, and this dude is sitting at the bottom of it. Yep. You're like, okay, well, there's no way he's dead. Like, and they run up the stairs, and of course Michael gets up. That's the fastest I've ever seen Michael get up to. He's like, oh, all right, I'm up. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'm not going to do this like the original. I take five minutes. Like, I'm up. I'm He's ready. like, no, I, I got stuff to do now. So he, so they're struggling to get up the stairs. Michael's got a hold of him. They're stabbing him and everything. Allison has her moment to shine. She pulls out the knife, and she stabs him in the arm. They get up the stairs, and what happens? So they're kind of battling. They get up the stairs. They all three get out, and you think Michael's going to get up. Like a, And like I mentioned earlier, this downstairs place was not just a bunker to be safe. It was a trap. Mm-hmm. They planned this out. This was 40 years in the making. They made this trap so they could trap Michael down there. And then where it's where the, um, like this table we're kind of sitting on, it's about this big. I know it's hard for you guys. You can't see what it looks like, but it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like an attic size. Like you yeah, get like attic doorway size. Yes, that's what it looks like. And so then Lori pulls the switch and then there's some blades that come across and it traps Michael in. Mm-hmm. See, now, and they mentioned this on uh, Cinemassacre's channel. I'll watch their review. Um, it would have been cool if Michael's, like, neck would have kind of gotten stuck in the blades a little bit. I think that would have been that cool. Would've that would have been cool. Been cool. Um, now that you say that, I want to see that. Yeah. I really want to see that. But, uh, yeah, the this, she goes, Judy Greer says, this house isn't a cage for Laurie Strode. It's a trap for Michael Myers. I'm like, oh, that's so dope. I love that. But, uh, yes, they trap him down there. And Laurie Strode hits the button, and there are these gas vents all around the house just waiting for the signal. A fire starts up, and she starts burning everything. In and the this basement. is where the, the title track on the, the soundtrack yes. comes in. It says, The Shape Burns. The and Shape I was, Burns. I was like, okay, so they're going to burn him this time. 
They've already done that, but okay. Yeah. It's, uh, the shape burns, and you see it. Michael's just staring up through the fence, and he's kind of like, damn it. Like, you won. You know, it's kind of got that face it, on his emotional It made face. me sad. I yeah, was. I it felt was kind of tragic. It really felt kind of tragic. He, he just looks like the sad old man. It's like it looks like someone got the best of him and he lost. So the house starts burning down. Fire starts raging through the house. That alone, because this is officially Halloween two now. That alone was the exact ending of Halloween two. Yeah, it was they burned Michael Myers to death. Except you in the previous one, you actually saw him burning. In this one. It's ambiguous because, I mean, let's be real. We know well, he's not dead. Yeah, obviously, it's Michael Myers. It's but Michael, he's, he found a way to get out. This whole house burns down. I mean, it burns. Like, fire is filling that basement, you know? So it burns, and they get out. It's a happy ending. You never... Okay, now, after that, I was expecting to see Michael Myers walk out of the fire like in Terminator 2 when he walked out of the truck. Yep. But, no, it didn't happen. Michael Myers doesn't appear again. They get out. They get on a, a truck with some guy driving down the road, and the last shot of the movie is Allison holding the knife. Yes. So obviously, the fire is a reference to Halloween too, but I think the knife in Allison's hand is an Easter egg to the way Halloween Four ended. Absolutely. The young girl has now taken up the knife. Yep. That's how that ended to me, and I thought that was awesome. Exactly. So that's 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 it. It's a really good movie. Like it's con it's constructed so well. Like it wraps up all the loose ends like a movie should, Mm -hmm. and yet still leaves enough to think about. Now. My favorite thing that movies do is they make you have to think about it. You got to put two and two together here. If they just feed you exposition the whole time, it's like, okay, well, this is pretty bland. Yeah. But there was a lot that you had to put together after the movie that as I was driving home, I was like, man, what about, oh, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So once the movie had ended, how satisfied were you? I, w- I was extremely satisfied. I mean, for the ending to these movies, you got to get right because it can't be it can't be corny where it's like, okay, like in H2O where he gets his head chopped off. That is, def- at the time, like, oh my God, like he's dead. This is definitive. That's it. And then they recon it into something terrible in Resurrection or how he made it out alive. Yeah. You have to have a certain ending where he could be dead. But you also have to leave it up to where he can come back. So it's something exactly. not not irreversible. Like in H2O, like if we'd have been watching that live in 98 when it came out, I'd be like, oh, this is it. Like he just got his head chopped off. Yeah, He's done. So I think they did a nice job. You know, it's hard to get the endings right for this movie. I know some people complained about the ending, said they didn't like it, said they'd seen it before. Which, I mean, I understand Obviously, that a little I mean, bit. I mean, but, I mean, how many... I like the ending. I thought it was... Very, I thought it was awesome. Good ending. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, and 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 you're exactly right. I mean, endings. If you don't know for sure that the character's coming back to screen, but you could pretty much safely bet that the character's coming back to screen. Don't lie to the to the audience and say, you know, he's dead. No, he's definitely dead. Huh? Come on. It's like H two O. We're not dumb. H two O pretty much lied to the audience. It didn't. It wasn't a plot twist. It was a lie. But this one, it's, it's not a lie because you're like, okay, I didn't see him die. Exactly. Know? And what pissed me off about H2O is that they knew he was coming back before the movie was over. They had already, like, oh, we're going to recon this and make another movie. So they they straight up lied. I yeah. mean, that that's why I got a lot of points off for that movie. Yeah, that, that kind of ruined that for me. But, yeah, overall, satisfying movie. All right. From 1 to 10, what would you give it? I... 
I'd give it an 8.5. Definitely a solid movie. I mean, every movie's got its flaws. I think this one has like one or two minor plot holes that don't distract you too hard. And uh, I, I would give it an 8.5. I mean, I'm not going to give it a 10 because there's like three movies in the world I'd give a 10. Yeah. So you can't give a 10 to, any, to just any movie. So I'd give it an 8.5. It was uh, definitely the best Halloween movie, obviously. Yeah. Are, are you saying it's better than the original? You can't say it's yeah. better than the original. Because without the original, you're not going to have... <clears throat> well, it's, it's with anything. I mean, you can't say something is better than the original when the original gave it the standards to meet. You yeah, know? you're right. Yeah, it's unfair to compare that. Like, you can't, you can't say Halo 3 is better than Halo 1 because Halo 1... Without Halo 1, Halo 3 wouldn't have the standards to exceed. Exactly. Same thing with Star Wars. If they didn't have A New Hope, you wouldn't have the standards you have to beat every time. So, what would you give it out of 10? None. A nine? Yes. There was very there was just so small details, like you said, that maybe I could I would go back and fix, but nothing terrible. I mean, there was not a dull moment in this movie where I really was like, God the beginning was slow, but the rest of the movie made up for it. I mean, awesome there's there's a couple things I look for in a Halloween movie that I, I wanted. Okay, first off, Michael Myers has gotta be brutal. He was brutal and he was also like, his mannerisms were on key. I mean, they were perfect. He did an awesome job. Michael Myers has to be good. If you don't have a good Michael Myers, you have no movie. Exactly. So, he was awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis was awesome. And another thing, the mask. If the That's why I I know Halloween 4 is your favorite. I, I like Halloween 4. It's the worst mask. The mask is garbage. The I can't worst. get into it. Yeah, it, it looks like... It looks like a rubber glove you clean the bathroom with. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like. Exactly. So, you got to get the mask right. If you don't get the mask right, you're screwed. So, they did all the things right to make a successful Halloween movie. And the biggest thing of all, the story was good. That's the thing I like about Halloween 4. Aside from the bad mask, it's a good story. And it's a, it's a well-written movie. And I think with this movie, they did all the things they needed to do. There was no BS. There was nothing that took me out of the movie. It's, I mean, if you, if you're a Halloween fan and you don't like this movie, I, I don't know what to say to you. I mean, it's just, it's just it's they like, did everything. Want, you know? Yeah. What do you want? I mean, what you, you want Halloween nine? I mean, it's, it's like, like tell, tell me what, what you, you want, want, you know? Yeah, I, I know. I just, I saw some people complaining online, but I, for the most part, everybody liked this movie. And to me, this movie didn't need to succeed just alone for Halloween. Mm-hmm. This needed to succeed for all the other franchises. The Freddies, the Jasons, all of them. Now, this no, movie needed to be successful, and it's good. Exactly. Be. Now I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that because that was my next point. My biggest concern for this movie is the time we're in right now, and what I mean by that is, for the last ten years, the horror genre has been dominated by Insidious ripoffs. Insidious, Sinister, The Conjuring. Annabelle, the nun—they're all the same. Possession. That's it's possession. It's paranormal. It's special effects. It's like you can't be scared by real stuff anymore. You have to be scared of stuff that you have no control over. It ha- you have to be scared of stuff that isn't real. Yeah. And that has been the genre for the last ten years. I I blame Insidious for that, honestly. Um, even though I like it, I blame Insidious for starting that trend. But do you think it's going to be received well? because of the genre it's in. The slasher genre was huge in the 80s when there weren't all those paranormal and special effects yeah. movies. So though that was the standard for the 80s was slashers because it was scary. Is our slashers scary enough to hold up now and in the next decade? If you do it like this, yeah. If you okay. do it like this, yes. Abs- I mean, this isn't a scary movie. 
It, it's a suspense. It's book. a suspense. I mean, for people like us, I mean, we love Michael Myers. It's not scary to us. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to brag, but I mean, it's just to us, it's like a. It's just Michael's like our friend kind of. It's like not it, scary. It's just tense. It gets your yeah. heart racing. Yeah, like you want to see it. Like, um, so I think you can definitely be successful if done right. Now we, like you said, we're kind of right out of the early 2010s where the the remakes were done with that. Yeah. We're, I think a lot of people because every time I talk because me and you we love horror movies. Mm-hmm. They're our favorite genre. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I talk to that don't like horror movies. Their comic complaint is. They're all the same. It's all possession. It's all demons and this and that. And like now, I think people are starting to get kind of fed up with that. And we're kind of getting away from that. And we're getting back to because another thing is like in the world in general, there's like a lot of it's a revival of like nostalgic things. Mm-hmm. Like like you had it last year oh, yeah. and you've got like a lot of retro things coming back and becoming cool again. So now you've got the it movie was good. This movie is good. It's going to be successful. So now you've got two like classic horror icons. There's no reason that you can't bring other guys back and do it properly. Yeah, you're right. Nostalgia is a huge driving factor nowadays. I mean, what is our obsession with the 80s? I don't get it. I, I mean, it, I don't get it because I wasn't alive during the 80s. But yeah, obviously Synthwave and Apple Computers and Back to the Future. That was all cool. That was all fine and dandy. I get it. But my God, Ready Player One was pretty much created just for nostalgia. It's like, here's a nostalgia fest for you. It came back. Pet Cemetery is coming back. Which saw that? Saw that trailer. Pet Cemetery is my favorite Stephen King movie. I love Pet Cemetery to death. The original, I just watched it recently. It came back, as we know, obviously. Child's Play is coming back. They released the first image of Chucky in the new Child's Play movie. It was really good. Yep. If they revived Chucky the way they revived Michael Myers, fantastic. I know it was. I never really liked Chucky because they took it way too ridiculous. Yeah. But what would What would you like to see them revive next? Nightmare. Nightmare on that is that's absolutely. my number two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can revive Jason, but essentially, he's just a Michael Myers ripoff, you know. Pretty much. Um, I actually, I might be in the minority. I like the uh, Friday the Thirteenth remake. I oh, thought it was good. Oh, that remake was good. That remake. I thought was really it was good. good. I think that was. But they're in so much like legal. But ba- I've been. They actually just came out with a little article from Bloody Disgusting talking about like the legal battle they're going on Friday the Thirteenth. It's just I don't know what's going on with that thing. I think the next step is Friday, uh, Friday, or excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that's that's where you should go next. Um, but you have to. I it sucks because Robert England is Freddy, and he's just he's so old now. It you got to start somewhere, and you got to find the right guy to do it. You can't bring him back because if you want to make more sequels, you got to have somebody that's younger that can put on that workload. But I think. Today's technology with CGI and as good of, you know, like the the nightmare scenes can be, that's got to be the next thing to come back in my It's got to be. I mean, they rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street back in 2009 with the guy from Watchmen. That was a perfect casting in my opinion. But the he movie, did a good job. But the movie didn't deliver well. That, no. that It's funny because Halloween was rebooted in 2007. I think Friday the 13th was rebooted in 2008. And then Nightmare on Elm Street was remade in 2009. Yeah. And of all those remakes, Nightmare on Elm Street was the worst. Didn't deliver well. I'd be interested to see how Nightmare on Elm Street holds up today. But, uh, yeah, that's what I want to see next is that comeback. But Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the slasher genre, we might be looking at the beginning of a, of a revival for that. But uh, that would be really interesting. Not an Eminem revival. <laughs> no. Not I love Eminem Kamikaze, revival. by the way. No, that's not a shout-out. Yeah, we didn't talk about Kamikaze. <laughs> Kamikaze was dope. 
Okay, so do you think there's going to be a sequel? Absolutely. There's it's got to be. They said that they were they almost made two back-to-back movies. Did they? Yeah, that's they said they were literally going to make another movie right after they got done directing this one. But they wanted to see how it does in the box office. I haven't checked the box office. I'm it's doing sure. phenomenal. I, uh, I checked for Friday's numbers. It's, so far, it's sitting at seventy million. Oh yeah, they're gonna so kill they're it. Good. They're and they like I said, they left the open ambiguous. Now, what would you like to see for a sequel? Is there a certain? It's hard because it's like it's like we said a little while back. It's like what do we want? You know? Yeah. It's like we know what we don't want, but we can't name what we want. So I think the original Michael Myers movies they all ended a different way. And they all ended with the demise, quote-unquote, or the defeat of Michael Myers. But we always find out that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Halloween 1, we ended with him getting away. Halloween 2, we ended with him burning. Halloween 4, he was shot and fell down a well. Halloween 5, he was locked in jail. And Dr. Loomis broke him out or joined him in jail? Wait, which, which one? Halloween 5. Halloween 5, he... It was jail, right? Yeah, he broke out of jail, but it was the man in black that got him out. Not not Dr. Loomis. It wasn't Dr. Loomis. No, no, no. Okay. It was it was they threw in this random man in black character that busted him out and then that's when they started really doing the whole like cold of thorn where he's like possessed by the yeah, cold or whatever. I don't think I've ever seen Halloween six, but I know enough to stay away from it. Um Actually I I low key love that movie. Really? Yeah. That's the one with Paul Rudd. Um Yeah, H two O ended with him getting his head chopped off, which how exactly do you come back from that? Halloween Resurrection, how did that end? Uh he got burned. Like Halloween too. Yes. By Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Okay, here's one thing we gotta talk about before we end this. We didn't talk about all the Easter eggs we picked up on. Yes. So we're gonna go movie by movie because they were Easter eggs for every single Halloween movie in existence, mm-hmm. including the the uh, Rob Zombie ones. So obviously Halloween one, so many callbacks. I can't even name all of them. There's so many. You can't name them all because what they did for Halloween one is what the Force Awakens did for the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. It's so close. Oh, by the way, I didn't talk about this. My favorite horror movie is The Thing. A couple years ago, they released a prequel to The Thing where it's so dangerously close to redoing the same things that it could pass for a reboot, but it's still an original story. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That's pretty much what they did here. It's so close to a remake, but still different enough to be its own thing. Exactly. So, obviously, Halloween 1 has got plenty of callbacks. Um, Laurie Strode standing outside the classroom. Did you notice the classroom scene? That was, that was, yeah, the speech that the teacher was talking about. The, the, lesson. Spe- the lesson the teacher was teaching and also the same exact seat. Yep. Wonderful. And then Lori's out there. We, yeah, we didn't mention that. Awesome scene. Yeah. Awesome. Lori was out there, and then also Lori played and took Michael's role in falling off the balcony. Halloween 2, the Easter egg was the fire, but what else? Fire, um, getting hit by the car. That's kind of two movies, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we're missing a couple. Yeah, like the fire getting hit by the car. Um, I think that's. I think there's probably more, but you didn't catch them all. You could argue that the scene in Smith's Grove was an homage to the scene in the hospital, but I don't think so because Michael didn't go on a rampage in that yeah. scene. Halloween 3 there was the most in-your-face Easter egg was yes. the masks. Now, you can't really reference a movie without Michael Myers in it, so they put the masks in there. And it, what's interesting is in the credits... You see, they got the rights to the mask. I thought that was yeah. really cool. My dad pointed that out to me, by the way. Yeah, that was interesting. And, and I love Halloween three, by the way. Really? Have you ever seen it? I've never seen it. Oh my god! Don't, I've always stayed away from it because it's don't not like think of it as a Halloween movie. Think of it as a is a classic eighties like probably cult movie. Like if they change the name of it, I'll be fine. Watch it. It's awesome. I love it. I might check it out. But uh, 
Okay, Halloween 4, my favorite Halloween movie. Gotta say it again. Gotta drop that. The Easter eggs was the knife in her hand. Um, what else? There was another reference to Halloween Well, um, the gr- getting killed, the mechanic getting killed. That was one taking yep. a suit, which was also kind of, uh, no, not, not number one, never mind. Um, and then you've got, uh, let's see, getting hit by the car. That's kind of like, t- like two and four. By the way, Halloween four has my favorite kill I've ever seen from Michael Myers. It's where he jams his thumb through a guy's yeah. forehead. That's my favorite Michael well, Myers kill. That's, that brings up another one. Him getting transported. He was being transferred in Halloween four, even right, though he was right. in a coma, it was a different type of transportation, but he still was being moved somewhere else. That's right. Halloween 5, I don't really remember. So what were the Easter eggs? The only one I caught was the cops. The dumb cops that were yeah. just being overly dramatic and not really adding much to the story. They ended up getting killed, so that, that doesn't add much. What references were there for Halloween 6? I'm sure there were some, and it sucks because that's one of my favorite sequels, by the way. But uh, I really didn't catch that many. Um, there might have been some. I... I I'm not sure See, if there were any direct that. ones. Um, I'll have to go back and watch it again to think. Um, but for mm, there is a scene where Paul Rudd finds the baby. He's in a bathroom, and okay, yeah, here's one. In Halloween Six, where Jamie's hiding from Michael and hides the baby, he's going through the stalls like pushing open doors. He does do that in this movie. Mm, in the beginning. Mm. That's a little nod. That's the only one I could think of. Okay. But the, he also does do that in H2O. Okay. Going back to Halloween 1, there's also an Easter egg. Um, when, she, when he kills the babysitter, he's got her in the ghost sheet. Mm-hmm. Like the most infamous scene yep. from Halloween 1. Um, okay, Halloween H2O. Now, here's the thing. I was re-watching a recap of, of um, Halloween H2O. This is essentially Halloween H4O, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's they did this story... In H2O, but they did it so so 98-like, you know? Yeah. It's I, so old. I really don't. The more I watch H2O, the less and less I like you it. You know there's a CGI mask in H2O? It's, that's part of the reason I hate it. It's awful. They can't get the mask <laughs> right. It's so you bad. You can't get the mask right. You should not be allowed to do it. If you don't have the mask, you don't have Michael Myers. No. That's it. You just have a guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, H2O, the falling off the balcony, they redid that in H2O. Mm-hmm. Um... I think that's about it. I don't really remember H2O. Halloween Resurrection. Well, like, like I said, the going through the bathroom stalls, the whole bathroom scene, yeah. that's an H2O. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple more. But I don't remember H2O that well. Yeah. But uh, Resurrection. Getting burned, I guess. I'm sure they don't really want to remember Resurrection. I think my, I think my reference, my, the Easter egg that I picked up on, was a joke, was obviously making fun of Resurrection. And what I mean by that was Judy Greer's husband says this line when Laurie Strode breaks into their house to see how well their defense is. He's like, okay, I can defend my home. I know jujitsu. That was <laughs> clearly making fun of Buster Rhymes and Halloween Resurrection. Uh, while you mentioned that, um, there was a... The movie was... A ri- the first movie, the original, was supposed to be titled The Babysitter Murderers. Murders? The first movie? Yeah, the babysitter murders. That's what it was originally going to be called, and they mentioned that in this movie. Remember uh, when the doctor's in the hospital and the 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 sheriff? And oh, like, that's cool. He's yeah, like, yeah. he's like, oh, you mean the guy that was doing the babysitter murders? I was like, the babysitter murders. Got it. That was cool. That was a good one. Okay, what reference did you pick up on from Halloween Rob Zombie remake? I, I know we mentioned the killing the innocent guy. That's I'm gonna leave that one up to you because I I've only seen I've only watched the remake once, but um, I'm just gonna say. 
not an exact reference, just the brutality of the kills. The brutality of it, like, they definitely blended the original and the Rob Zombie remake and mm-hmm. found a nice, like, hybrid of that. Because they were like, okay, after Rob Zombie's gory killings, like, we got to step it up, you know? And they did. Uh, Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2, might be the worst in the franchise. Have you seen Halloween 2? Yes. Do you like that? Okay, good. I would say that walking through the woods, maybe, mm-hmm. but also him grunting because that was the first, that was the first real time that Michael Myers had ever like, when he was like killing dogs and stuff, he was like, oh, you know, like yeah. he was making that noise, like he was getting frustrated. They were doing this in the movie. Okay, that that brings me to another point. Did you want Michael Myers to speak in this movie? No. Not at all? Not at all. There's no reason. He should never speak. So do you think that if there was even one thing he could say, would it be, would it add to it? Do you think? No. I don't, I just, I don't want him to speak at all. I mean, the one time he did speak, he was like, die! (laughs) (laughs) And that was in uh, Halloween, the Rob Zombie version, but... It's just like there's that suspense in this movie. Like he's gonna talk. Like I was like, wow, they keep re- he's he might say something, yeah. and he didn't. And I'm glad he didn't because, okay, even if he does, it's gotta be the perfect word. But there's not one word that he can use to. S- the doctor it, said Judith, like as in Judith Myers, the yeah. sister that he killed. Another Easter egg. They went to the the tombstone. Judith That's Myers right. Yeah, tombstone. they went to the tombstone, and he was in the white hospital yep. robes from Halloween Four. Um. I, yeah, I, I'm kind of torn. I'm like, I kind of want to hear him talk like to see what that representation from John Carpenter's mind is. But then again, it's like, I don't want to hear it, you know? Yeah, it's... Keep it suspenseful. Keep it mis- mysterious. Um, I think his way of talking is his breathing in his mask. You hear that a lot in this movie. You hear his nostrils flaring and stuff. Mm-hmm. When things are getting difficult for him, he breathes harder. Yeah. That's why in the end, you hear him breathing the whole time. And and by the way, you told me because you'd seen the movie before I did. You said stay till the end. There's a little something, and I stayed and I heard him breathing, which means he is alive. Yes. The if you're wondering, there there's kind of a credit scene at the end of the credits. You don't see anything, but you got to you got to catch it. You got to listen. You hear him breathing at the end of the credits, and implying implying that he is still alive. They did that. For Dawn of the Planet of the Apes a couple years ago, mm-hmm. where at the end of the movie you hear the antagonist still alive. So that was cool. I like that they did that and didn't do a credit scene because that's such a modern thing to do. Yeah. You know? the, like, one thing they really did well in this movie was that, was that 78, 80s aesthetic. Yes. The, the font. The font. They did it perfect. The font, the music, how they use like old school instruments. I think... Um, what was I going to say? The whole aesthetic of it, like the opening sequence with the pumpkin and everything. Yep. The the pumpkin that was like dead and it came back alive. That was cool. And all the credits at the beginning of the movie. I also read that the cinematographer used the same aspect ratio that they used in the original movie, which in the original movie, they had box TVs. They didn't have widescreen TV, so they kind of converted it. But that's why the cinematography in this movie looks so good. Yeah. It doesn't look like a 2018 movie. It really doesn't. What, um, what was... Your least who okay obviously Michael is probably my favorite character in the movie. Of course, it's got to be. Who was your least favorite character? What is the one thing you probably could have did without? I want to say, I want to say Judy Greer, and up until the end, I was saying Judy Greer. Yeah. But she redeemed herself at the end there. 
if I could remove one thing, I would remove the whole boyfriend storyline from Allison's life. I was hoping he was going to get killed, but nothing ever happened. Yeah, he with that. didn't. He, he just did. disappeared. He just, he disappeared, and her friend got killed. So I'm like, okay, well, he, <laughs> I guess it's just the people that don't have it coming to them, you know? Yeah. But I, uh, for me, the, the podcaster guy. I, for some reason, I didn't like him. I'm kind of glad that he got killed. I thought his death would, should have been more brutal. I thought he was going to be a main character. I really? thought he was going to be the new Loomis. Because, like, I watched the trailers. This guy looks like Loomis. This guy, this guy talks like Loomis. I was like, okay, this guy's clearly going to be, like, Laurie Strode's friend in this movie. No, it wasn't, wasn't the case. Nope. And he was like, oh, I don't believe in the boogeyman. I was like, oh, you did. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, there, there's your mistake right there. By the way, when I heard that recording of Dr. Loomis talking about Michael Myers, oh, I lost it. That solidified it for me. Whoever did that voiceover, shout out to you because you did a pretty good job. Was it somebody else? I think it was. There, I don't. It sounded so close. It did. I might have to look that up because I don't, I don't know. I mean, would they just have a random like sound clip of Dr. Loomis? They might. They might have an unreleased clip. They, it's possible. I, it'd be awesome if it was him, but uh, I was really worried that they were... I heard something about they might CG Loomis in. I'm like, nah, I don't nah, do I that, don't man. Do that. That's, and, I'm, and I'm... Loomis they tried, is dead by now. Yeah. I mean, they tried to... I'm glad they kind of kept his character, like a respected character. Um, they they kind of made a new Loomis, but nobody's falling I'm for that. I'm glad they didn't feed off of Loomis's legacy. No, exactly. So, they, they did a good job just mentioning them and then leave it at that. There's nothing else you need to do. Dr. Loomis was my favorite character from the original, so I'm glad that they put him in there. So that solidified it for me. That recording, when it was like, uh, when he said it has to die, and then it got distorted, and Michael's getting on the bus, and then it got really intense, like, it has to die. Like, oh, I thought that was really dope. They, really did a, they did the same thing for H2O. They did a voiceover for Loomis, but it sounded terrible. I was like, who is this screw? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like H4O. It's like, okay, here's how we do it right, you know? So they did it right. Is that the final verdict? Absolutely. They did a perfect job. If you don't like this movie, get out. Like, yeah, <laughs> there, there's no reason you don't appreciate it yeah and this what, what i like about this is like this is a movie for the fans like oh yeah if, if if you're just a normal person who doesn't you're just like oh i want to go see a scary movie like you'll like it but if you're a true halloween fan this movie is tailored for you you were going to eat this movie up there is there is literally so much fan service in this movie absolutely i mean there's so much like Finally, you know, 40 years later, I get what I want. You know, there's so much of that. But I feel like the younger generation, like, imagine the ninth graders going out on a Friday night. They're like, oh, let's go see Halloween. It's scary. And then they come out like, oh, that was dumb. Exactly. Was people. I'm like, you don't. I've already that. talked to a couple people like, oh, I didn't think it was that good. I'm like, do you? They don't know anything about Halloween. Know, like, they don't appreciate do. it. But you got to appreciate where you come to. from, you know? Um, so. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of sad because I've spent like the past year of my life. Like, just waiting on this movie, keeping up with this movie, constant updates, watching YouTube videos from people, like, giving me updates. You were counting down the days. I mean, it just was, like, this whole, like, I feel like I was involved in the movie. And it it, it got the perfect send-off. I'm glad it was a great movie. But it's kind of sad. I'm like, man, like, they're, it's over with now. And it's like, like, now what, what am I waiting on? What am I supposed to look forward to? Um, Because while I know they will make a sequel... There's no way they're going to get the same cast of original people to come back and do it again. I don't think that's possible. I don't think you're going to get John Carpenter. I don't think you're going to get Jamie Lee back. I don't I don't think you need them, but it it's just kind of like 
It sucks. I'm a little sad to see it be over with. I almost don't want to see a sequel because I know it won't be as good as it this won't one. be. No, it won't be. But uh, it's funny you say that because word for word, that's exactly what I was saying about Justice League last year. Yep. Except you were you were satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it was good. I loved Halloween. And what this does. Okay. One thing I was telling people about this. My biggest takeaway from this movie, if you've seen Halloween a million times, if you've never seen Halloween, you're going to have the same reaction because it's like, it's like seeing Michael Myers for the first time again. Yep. That suspense, that, in, that interest, in it, it makes you remember why Michael Myers is the greatest horror icon of all time. Yep. This is the greatest. I mean, is there anyone better than Michael Myers? Nope. To me, it goes, it goes uh, Michael, Freddy. Love the face, and then Jason. I really Jason's probably my least favorite. That's my opinion. Jason's not that interesting. He's not. Yeah, I don't. Know. What about Chucky? You rank Chucky on there? Chucky. He's okay. Chucky. I've se- I haven't seen all the movies, but he he's hit and miss. Chucky's but, more interesting than Jason is. Yeah, but he's more ridiculous than Freddy is. Exactly. So kind of between there. But uh, okay, if they were gonna do now, here's something I love talking about: Freddy versus Jason. You remember that? Yes, I love that movie. By the way. Okay. If you were going to have Michael Myers versus somebody, who would it be? Well, they actually, they were going to do, after Freddy versus Jason, they were going to do Michael versus Hellraiser. I'm glad they didn't do that. I don't like Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, You can't do Jason because it's two of the same people. Exactly. He's silent guys in a white mask with a knife. But you can't do Freddy because it's kind of like the same thing as doing him versus Jason. Exactly. Exactly. And you can't do, you can't do Chucky because Michael would destroy Chucky. And you can't do Leatherface is the only option I'd see. But their worlds are so different. Like, how's that gonna work? I don't think you really need to do a versus movie. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Leatherface because they're two like big brutes, I guess. Okay, so the other big topic in the horror movie genre right now, still, is it? Yes. For people who are obsessed with that movie last year, how would you compare this to them? Like, how would you sell this movie to them? Or how would you compare the two movies? I would say it's the return of your favorite childhood memory. It's the return of the most graspable icon, you know? Yes. Like, I've seen more people dressed up as Michael Myers than any other horror movie character. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for it too. By the way, that's oh, gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be great. awesome. Um, do you think? Do you think in terms of reboots, franchise revivers, this did as good a job as it did because it did phenomenal. I don't see it as more as a reboot. I see it kind of because it wasn't really a movie. It was more like a, a two episode event that's just you could throw it together as a movie. Um, I see it as more of like a new look. I kind of, I guess you could not a reboot, but like a restart of the franchise. I guess like because a lot of people they don't like they knew who Pennywise is. They just know that they don't know the whole story about it. That really that it really expanded upon like the whole like Stephen King like universe and like talking about all that stuff. Um, that's how I kind of felt about it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to see. I mean, there's probably going to be a sequel, which... Absolutely. Would you call it Halloween 2? See, you can't, because... You can't. This was officially Halloween 2. See, 
that's the, let's talk about that real quick. I did not like that they called this movie Halloween. That's what they did for the thing. It's like, is it the same movie or not? Uh, they could have called it. They should have called it Halloween Returns. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's good enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they should have just bought the rights out to that name. I'm sure they might have had it licensed under the old movie that we're gonna make. But as long as it's not like Halloween, like the curse or resurrection, <laughs> like so, if Halloween it's the anything Re- of Michael Myers, get out of here. Halloween Returns. It's a fine name. Go with that. Mm-hmm. Next movie, they cannot call it Halloween because that's just that you can't do that. You got to have something. You call it the next Halloween or the last Halloween or something. I wouldn't be surprised if they call it Halloween three because everybody craps all over Halloween three. No one remembers it. Like, oh, okay, that's Halloween three. Even though I like Halloween three. If they call it Halloween three, they'll be like, well, it's better than the old Halloween three. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's got some built-in credit, I guess. I guess they could probably do that. But your last thoughts on this movie? Anything else you want to say? Satisfying. Definitely satisfying. If you go into it expecting this grand spectacle, you're going to be disappointed, but you shouldn't expect that because it's Michael Myers. Exactly. It's a small, grounded story. There's no CGI in this movie. Nope. It's all practical effects. Probably, maybe minimal CGI. Maybe if I didn't... Maybe um, blood. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe maybe, uh, fire. Maybe the next scene. You think that was practical? The fire? No, when when the girl got stabbed through the neck, you think that was CG or practical? No, I don't think she got stabbed through the neck. <laughs> no, it's, no, 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 no. It's CGI. It's CGI. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's got to be CGI. I mean, the final shot might be makeup. Yeah. But the act of it going through, because you saw it. Like, if you yeah. played that movie in slow motion, you see the knife going through the neck. That's CGI, obviously. Okay, so. Very minimal CGI. You wouldn't even notice. But I think it was good. I think it was satisfying. And it definitely... Halloween's coming up. The holiday. It definitely got me in the Halloween mood again. That's for sure. I felt like I couldn't start my Halloween until I saw this movie, and now October's almost over. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got uh, 11 days left of October. Yeah, so I wish this would have came out like October like 3rd. Yeah. Exactly. Because then it would have, like, man, now I'm in the <clears throat> Halloween. Now I'm in the Halloween spirit, but, you know, it's October's almost over. But yeah, all in all, this movie was everything I wanted it to be. I can't complain at all these people did an awesome job this is a movie for the fans they did everything the fans really wanted and if you hate this movie piss off because <laughs> this movie is awesome if you hate this movie what do you want you know tell me what you want, want Halloween we'll night. i want uh, the return of the curse the thorn <laughs> come on man i want cameos everybody knows the original is the best they took that source material and they made it into a different style of that movie, and I, yeah. I can't complain, man. It was, like I said, 9 out of 10. I love this movie. Halloween's out now. Go see it. Absolutely see it for Halloween. I don't know that anyone's going to be seeing it after October 31st, though, in the theaters. Probably That's the problem with it being released so late. Yeah. Halloween, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll do well in the box office. I expect in, in a couple months they'll be like, okay, we're going to do uh, part two. I think it'll make $100 million. Oh, yeah. I think part two will come out in like 2020. Mm. But I'm excited. I'm trying to, I wonder what they're going to do with that, though, because like Michael's going to be like 70. He's got no fingers. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, he's got, that's right. He's got two fingers. Like, what's he going to do about that? Uh, I have no idea where they could go. They don't need to make a sequel, but the, I know they're going to do it. I don't have a problem with it. I just think this is the perfect way. But. You know they're going to do it. You might as well get on board for it. And if they can just try and make it. It's got to be It's got to be different though. Because while this was different. You can't just. Okay. You can't just do it another 
okay, Michael returns on Halloween night and kills people. Like, mm. that, you just came back from that. It's got to be different, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you can't really add to the story without adding to his story. You know what yeah. I mean by that? Like, like, his backstory is so mysterious that if you go a whole nother movie without explaining it, you just remaking the same thing. Yeah, you know, so. it's it's you got to be careful if you're gonna make an, a sequel, which I know they're going to. So you got to make sure you get it right. Take your time, come up with a good story. Don't rush it into next year. Just take your time and figure out a good way to do it. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's gonna be interesting to see because you know that sequel's gonna be coming out. But uh, anyways, that's our recap on Halloween, and it's the longest episode we've ever done. So. Well, we gotta, you know, because it's Halloween. Yep. You know, we gotta make it special. Halloween is, I think, both of our favorite holidays. Okay, let's talk about the holiday of Halloween real quick. You say it's your favorite holiday. Yep. I want it to be my favorite holiday, but it's over like that. It is. I can't. I can't get into it. This year has been different for me because last year was the most fun I've ever had in, in October because I watched so. M- I'm a big horror movie fan, but I've always just watched like the basics, like the Halloweens and like a couple movies. Last year, I really like I watched about everything I could. I'm talking about movies from the 30s, the 40s, and oh, 50s, shit. and 60s, and beyond. Oh, I mean, shout out to uh, Cinemasker, and they do this thing called Monster Madness, where they review like 31 horror films. Mm-hmm. They they taught me so much about like old old uh, movies, movies from the 80s. Like, I have a whole new knowledge about movies. Last year, I kind of, like, I overdid it. I was like, man, like, I just, I'm Halloween to hell. <laughs> and then this year, I tried to do it again, but it wasn't the same because I all I cared about was the Halloween movie. I don't really, I was like, okay, I'm just hanging on until the new movie comes out. This whole month was just about this one movie. Yeah. I didn't really need to see any other movies. This is what I wanted to see. So next year, I'll replenish myself and try and do a a, a proper Halloween horror month. But this year, I was just focused on this. Movie. Yeah, that's you gotta focus all your attention on one big event. And it, like, if it doesn't pay off, then you're just like, oh wow, thanks for that. Yeah. But no, this one paid off for sure. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I love Halloween. I wish it didn't get over like overruled by Christmas so much. Like they shove Christmas down oh your throat. My God. But, as soon as Halloween's over, screw Thanksgiving. It's, it's like what you it's like what you just said. Like you gotta bring Halloween to you. You don't get fed Halloween. No, like, you, you gotta, gotta make yourself watch the movies. You, you gotta, gotta make yourself get the decorations. Yep. Christmas is just like, okay, you're going to be sold Christmas. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I think that's about time to wrap it up. We're just short of two hours, which is the runtime of this movie. So Alright. Any final thoughts? Check out this movie. It's freaking awesome. I'm gonna go see it again. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy on Steelbook, Blu-ray whenever it comes out. Steelbook, I'm gonna. I'm definitely. gonna get a freaking giant poster in my room that people will know I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that about wraps it up here. What's next for NRJ, man? Where Where we been? Where, where have we been? We've been in school. Haven't been, we? I've been. I've been in school. You've been in school. I ain't been in school. Nah. Um. We got some stuff, man. We're going to work on some music. I know we've been slacking on the music. We're going to come out with some stuff. I'm work- we're working on some stuff right now. We're going to make some music. Kind of do some more reviews. I like being on your podcast more than I like doing my podcast <laughs> whenever I was doing it. It's just I like coming on here and talking. And, um, yeah, we'll, we got some more stuff coming. Just wait on it. I've had a, I've had a few people ask me where you're at. You're like, if they saw me. I dropped. I told you, man. I've been in a bunker waiting on this movie since July. <laughs> I've I, I like I dropped an episode at the beginning of this month. Uh, what I learned at school. Nice little personal recap there. Go check it out if you haven't. But uh, yeah, 
when I came, when I dropped that, they were like, "Oh man, I'm so glad you're doing it again." So thank you to everyone who's ever given me a compliment about it. Thank you for anyone who's ever given him a compliment about it. We really appreciate it, man. We work our asses off for that. You know, we don't really work our asses off for that, but when we do work our asses off, we work our asses off for That's that. That's right. So. We we love it. It's not a real job. It's just a hobby. But Got it's, peanut it's butter fun. on my. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's a scene in this movie. One more thing. There's a scene in this movie where Judy Greer's husband, it opens up the cabinet. It's like a, a view from underneath the sink. I guess he's killing Mars. He's like, you want to shit under my sink? <laughs> and he makes a sandwich and puts down a rat trap. No, he puts down a rat trap with peanut butter on it. He's like, oh, I got peanut butter on my penis. <laughs> my classic. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yeah. But anyways, that wraps it up here. Not a real job productions, man. Follow us on Instagram, NRJ Productions. On well, NRJ underscore productions. On Twitter, it's NRJ Productions. Subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't already, I don't know why you haven't. It doesn't cost you anything. Hit that bell, Michael Myers, or smash your head in. <laughs> Hit that bell. Hit that subscribe button. Be a, be a real fan. Give us a like, please. You know, spread the word. We're trying to do something here. We're going to do something. We're just uh, figuring that out. <laughs> Stuck in school. Anyways. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us again. And thank you, Tanner, for joining me on another episode. Yes, sir. And like always, it's been real. <laughs>